Hi everybody and welcome to the new episode of the End of Cells podcast. My name is Stephen. I'm joined again by my co-host John. How are you, John? Yeah, not too bad, Stephen, mate. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm all good. We've got plenty of topics to speak about tonight and also joined by a show regular, Anthony Dunn. How are you, Anthony? Uh, I'm okay, mate. Good to speak to you guys again. Real to go. Yeah, no worries, lads. So, as I said, there we'll have plenty of topics to talk about and the first one we'll go on to... I just titled it as simple as this, and just like that, the season's over. Funny enough, when I put that on Instagram underneath on the captions of the photos, some guy commented and said the season's been over since November. I think we all tend to agree with that. That's it's quite funny when you look at that. But as a Celtic fan, looking at the end of the season and that game was seen against Hibs, and many of us were kind of infuriated when we seen the lineup coming in. Come to yourself, Anthony, first of this, and you're going to yourself. Why not give the youth a chance? It played out a boring nil-nil draw. Yes, it was maybe fitting. I don't want to say that word for Scott Brown's farewell because it's Hibs and Celtic, blah, blah, blah. The emotional connection for the two teams for that, him, from his point of view. But that game, Anthony, that was seen against Hibs, for me, was just, it was brutal. It was the end of season feel. It was like a friendly. It just pointed out to me again that Kennedy is the most ballest manager I've ever experienced. He, does, he can't make a decision for himself. Everything's based on the previous regime under Lennon, which him and Strachan were a part of. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, considering as well how the fact that he did have a few of the, the youngsters in on the Wednesday night before, and all of them did very well, I, I, I can understand. There wasn't necessarily a reason for bringing Taylor back in, but we know what we're getting for Greg Taylor. Montgomery, I thought, had a, a good game on Wednesday night. I don't really, unless it was a, a you know, maybe an injury or something, wasn't necessarily sure at all why, why he wasn't playing. And in the Brief time that he was on the pitch, um, we've seen what Dembele can do on um, Wednesday as well. So yeah, I, I found it very strange that we sort of resorted to type again. And like you say, Stephen, it was a, the total damp squib, the, you know, the typical end of season venture where uh, a lot of players all of, you know, they'll be playing their last game for the club. I thought it was a, another good chance to, to throw some boys in, but alas, it wasn't to be. It's almost like you look at the end of season games in previous years gone by, it's kind of the opportunity to see what players will be involved next season, who's going to excite. I mean, that, that's where Dembele comes into that, because even in the game against Hibs, James Forrest didn't start, he was on the bench. So again, we're going into that game, John, with no width, which we've been crying out for for the, basically since the season started after Forrest got injured. And you're looking to see, as Anthony rightly said, there are likes of Montgomery get a second game, because I know we're going to get from Greg Taylor, it's a damp squib, it's the end of the season, it's a dead rubber. And it's a chance for us fans to look forward to seeing some of these new young players like likes of Dembele next season, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head uh, at the start there, Stephen, when you say that Kennedy just proved again he's the most ballless manager you've seen. And I, I, I've, it's a, a sentiment that I've... Uh, a sentiment that echoes everything that I've been saying for the past couple of weeks as well, as I'm sure other guys have agreed. He's... He, he lacks any ideas, any originality. It, it, it honestly doesn't feel like it's even him picking the team. It wouldn't surprise me if he's just playing uh, puppet and somebody else is sort of telling him what he needs to do. But, I mean, like he says, Anthony quite really touched on, it was a perfect opportunity to get, get the young guys a game. We said that after the game uh, there midweek. Uh, we gave our predicted lineups and who we'd like to see. Uh, I said then as well, I don't think anything's going to change. I don't think Kennedy has it in him or the ideas or the originality to make those changes and, and to do something different. Uh, and it, it just proved me right. And the game itself uh, was just pff, abysmal. 
it was diabolical to be telling to tell the honest truth. Like, wasn't it? That as you said, your man Kennedy when when he came in, fair enough, as interim manager, you're thinking to yourself, we don't want him as manager, but maybe he has something up his sleeve. Maybe he can do something different with the team, Anthony. Maybe he can play a different formation, get them playing a different way, back to a wee bit of passing style football rather than the direct kind of style of machine, which isn't quite working at the moment at Celtic. But as me and John Ritter said there, he's absolutely ballless. He has no ideas of his own. And I agree with John. It wouldn't surprise me if he's playing puppet to someone else. Yeah, well, I, I, like you say, I, I don't understand why, you know, you know, Neil Lennon left in February and there's not really been any upturn in fortune um, at all. And perhaps that is because, you know, obviously there is two of the three voices that the players are hearing are the same ones that they heard um, when Neil was there. Um, I, 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 th- I found it really baffling as, as the, the games went on. You could understand maybe the first couple of games just trying to just get a basic shape and, and, and sort of try to build something for there. But when it was clear that that wasn't working and when the season became mathematically impossible um, to, to claw anything back, it, there really was ample opportunity there to, you know, like I say, throw some boys on anchor. Going back to the very first time I was on this podcast, I actually says, you know, why why aren't we? But especially at that time when, when James Forrest was out, um, starting young Dembele, I mean, he's, he's very highly rated by a lot of the, you know, the people that tend to get these predict- uh, predictions quite right. Um, he's one of the highly rated, well, most highly rated young players in Europe. And from the brief times that we've seen him, um, he's, he's living up to that billing for me. Um, he look, he's fearless, he's got pace, he's, he's direct. I, I don't understand why at some point we didn't just think, yeah, you know what, th- throw him in for a few games. What, what's the harm? You, you know, the season is, is gone. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, it's a, it's a definition of insanity, isn't it? Repeating the same yeah. thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's, um, it's, it's, as well for me, sorry, Anthony, it's like, if you look at it and you're going, if he can't last a full game, Dembele, give him a half, give him the first half, give him the second half, just bring yeah. him on the pitch, blood him in. And it's actually, it's it's no surprise watching these young players leave. So they can, I've heard people say before, yes, they're leaving for big European clubs like Bayern Munich, blah, blah, blah. But, Surely, if likes of Bayern Munich are interested in our youngsters, they should be getting the chance before they go to the M clubs, getting the taste of first team football at Celtic. John, and we looked at the lineup. Kenny was in again. Moy was in. Both unknown players, more than likely to go back to their parent clubs. And to touch upon Laxalt and Duffy as well, Laxalt didn't get really looking towards the end of the season. But for me, anyway, all them players. I know there's a clamour for Moy, maybe to get a another chance at Celtic, but again, that's another one where you're kind of forcing a player upon a new management team who might not want that player. I personally don't want any of them loan players at Celtic. How would you review them loan players at Celtic overall if you go through the four of them? Uh, where do they stack up for you? Uh, they've been pretty lacklustre, I guess. Um, I mean, Kenny, we've touched on numerous times, he's, he's, he's very boring. Um, he, he makes a lot of mistakes as well, which you don't need. Uh, and for the type of player that, that he is and the type of player that we need, those kind of wing-backs, we need them to, to be sort of attacking-minded and be able to run up and down the park. He, he just doesn't have that in him. Um, so, I mean, for for me, Kenny, forget Kenny, Duffy, I'm not even touching on Duffy. I think we all, <laughs> we all know how we feel about Duffy. Uh, Laxalt, He's he's shown that he's a capable defender. 
Um, I, I think there's definitely a player in there. He wouldn't be AC. He wouldn't be on the books AC Milan or playing for the national team um, if he wasn't a talented guy. Um, maybe it's just the pace of the game up here uh, in Scotland that, that he's not adapting to too well. We've seen it with numerous other players. Um, I wouldn't say he's a bad player, but I mean, I, I don't think it would be something I would maybe look at as a backup option, and that's only if. You could get them on a cut price deal because they can't think the kind of money he's valued at the minute. Definitely not worth that. Uh, and Elianusi, uh, I can't speak highly enough. Elianusi, we know how good he is. Um, I would definitely bring Elianusi back. Um, I mean, you just need to look at his record. He's second top. I believe he's the second top goal scorer in the team, yeah. and that's this season with limited starts uh, and playing a lot, very little time actually uh, off the bench as well. So. The fact that he's managed to score as many as he has in, in the sort of limited time that he's actually been on the pitch. Um, and, and like I said, we've seen what he's capable of. We know what he's capable of. He's a great player. He can score goals. He can. He, he, he's a good wide man. He, he can bring the ball inside as well. He can pass. So, uh, Eli Nussi is definitely somebody I would look at. But he's the only one, I guess, who are the, the lone guys that I would say for any certainty that, that I'm happy with. But just looking back in that on that point, John, uh, very quickly about LNC. Is that not the and we've seen the same clamour for Paddy Roberts to come back? But what if it's just simply the case of this a new management team coming in? They're not interested, but again, the fans are calling for this and just say the board make it happen and the, the management team doesn't want LNC in. Sure surely the, the, the management team gets full autonomy over who should come in now, because we've seen the problems that caused between Rogers and Law. No, I mean absolutely, and it, I, I, I fully expect, and I fully, I mean, th- th- we need to give whoever the man it will, Eddie Howe, the full autonomy <laughs> over who 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 we're signing, uh, and full control over all that. And I'm sure uh, that those discussions are being had anyway, regardless of the fact he's not being announced. I'm sure there's still discussions taking place. Um, if he's not interested and he doesn't want Ellen Lucy there, then that's that's up to him. Um, yeah. I personally, I rate Elinousi, uh, and I would have him back. But at the end of the day, if, if the new if the new manager coming in doesn't see him as uh, somebody that he could, he could be part of that setup, then that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, another way you could flip it, Anthony, as well. If you look at it from a different angle, if these players come in, so John touched upon Laxalt's on the book, books of AC Milan. Duffy was a Premier League regular, Republic of Ireland captain. Kenny's played in the Bundesliga. Moy Elinousi is a 17 million pound player. Is it? Could you look at it upon they've come in this season and maybe, yeah, Moy was there last season, but he was injured for some of the two, but could you look at it, these lone players come in with the reputations and stuff and they get down to the business. The first couple of games, Duffy scored a few goals. Laxalt looked decent. Kenny looked solid. We all said he was solid before he turned into the most boring player of all ever, we've, we've ever seen. But could it not be them falling down to the standard that Celtic have set this season, Anthony, in terms of the way they're playing? We've seen Turnbull even have a wee dip in form as well towards the end of the season. I don't know what you think about that in particular. I think that's a, a very good uh, good point to make, Stephen. Um, standards have dropped so dramatically um, since Brendan Rodgers left Celtic um, that it's only natural that perhaps a lot of these players who are maybe used to those s- s- at least similar standards being set at other clubs coming in to seeing Let's not let's be frank here. From top to bottom, we are an amateur outfit right now. We are in a very very sad state, and especially if you do not have the well, I suppose Sean Duffy does have the the sort of emotional connection with the club, but you can 
I'm, I'm not using it as an excuse for them because they're professional footballers. They're very handsomely paid for what they do. And none of them, none of the four of them, I would say, yeah, yeah but El Yunusi is, you know, is blown hot and cold. But all four of them on paper have got more than enough credentials about them to go and play their trade up here and do it well. And they haven't done so. And I think, although it's, it can't be solely blamed on that, I think absolutely the shambolic fallen standards um, in every department of the, the club will have played a part in that, absolutely. Yep. For me, obviously, the reason I made that point is because you see players leave certain clubs, right? And they go to a club with a bigger reputation. AC Milan and Celtic, you know, similar reputations in terms of worldwide stance and history and fan base and stuff. And Laxalt's played for Uruguay. He was in the World Cup team of the year, I believe, as well. So when he first came in, he looked fantastic. He was getting forward and he was whipping balls along the box. And I want to hear your point on this, John, because we've seen the, the continental players, especially the, the likes of Laxalt, they're whipping the balls in the box and Celtic players this year aren't getting in them positions. And he's regressing his play when he's coming inside the likes of what Christie does all the time and we're crying out for that whiff. And Anthony rightly said there, the drop in standard has been that, that significant. Players seem to be dropping with it. Do you think that played a factor in some of the low moves this season? I mean, yeah, it's fair to say. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's evident when you watch them, the standards have dropped because these guys, just a, a season or two ago, the guys were winning everything uh, and were playing at a very high standard. And as Anthony rightly says, yeah. since Rogers left, you've seen it regress. Um, the, I mean, I think there's more to it than that. There has to be. I don't think... These guys, like I says, we know how talented some of these guys are and how well they can, how how, how good they can be on their day, uh, and we've seen flashes it as well during this season. Like uh, against St Johnson, there we Edward took his goal. We've not seen that film this year. Um, those kind of touches and stuff like that, or very rarely. Um, we know he's a talented footballer, um, but I think there's stuff. I think the 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 stuff that's obviously went on behind the scenes uh, that we are in the privy uh, and won't. We'll Probably likely it never will be uh, unless stuff starts coming out later um, through Lennon and, and, and those types. But, I mean, I think there's definitely something else uh, adding to it. I don't think it's just a case of... Uh, I do agree, yes, standards have dropped, that's evident. But I think there's more to it than that. And I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if there's there's something going on behind the scenes that, that that's going to cause it. And again, you've got at this point as well, you've got guys, agents and that, trying to get players moves away, uh, heads are turning, heads are down as well. Um, so they just need somebody, uh, and this is why getting a manager in as quickly as possible is so important, is we need somebody to come in and get their heads lifted again and sort of try and instill that back into them. Yeah, I, th- I think Shane Duffy alluded to it when he gave his kind of farewell post that said nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes of a club or behind the scenes in people's personal life. And as you rightly said, the only way we'll ever find that out is from Lennon or other sources who was involved at the club at the particular time everything went wrong. And Lennon's already said there's mitigating factors that we probably will never know. And you look at John Kenley's time in charge, it was 10 games, 11 games, four wins from 10, not even the 50% win record. One of them wins was against a, a League One club in Falkirk, Anthony. For me, that, that doesn't bode well for him and his future at Celtic, but the more this drags on with the likes of Eddie Howe and the, the coaching staff, are they going to come up from Bournemouth and you're going to yourself, is it one of them on Celtic are going to have to press the button and keep Kennedy? Or do you think they should just bite the bullet and let him and Strachan toddle off? If, if, if it was up to me and I had the full authority to do that, it, him and Strachan would be out the door as, as well, Stephen. Um, I just think this 
summer coming up. Everyone talks about this. We need continuity and, and all that. For me, John Kennedy, along with Gavin Strachan, along with Peter Lawwell, along with so many others, are just symbols of basically an acceptance of, of failure. This is, the, the rot set in at Celtic a while ago with people who should be doing their jobs better asleep at the wheel. Um, I'm not. You can't blame John Kennedy for all of Celtic's woes. Of course, of course, you can't. But he is. He's symbolic of the, the drop in standards. Um, when you look at um, this weekend, the failures of Celtic and their refusal to build from a position of strength. You've seen what that, what the end product of that is. Not only at Ibrox, but down at Wembley Stadium as well. The contrast on the different fortunes at each club. Um, it's just it's huge and it's all because of people not doing their jobs properly and um, you know a few years ago it was us at our national stadium uh, with Brendan Rodgers celebrating you know yet another trophy and you know all everything being good behind the scenes you know season one it's not impossible that you can get back to that but the people who are to blame for the mess we're in the now have to go. They can't stay around for continuity, continuity's sake or whatever, you know, mealy mouth nonsense we'll get fed with, um, with with that. People don't need John Kennedy. New, new players coming in or new people coming into the club don't need John Kennedy or Gavin Stratton to show them around and tell them how good a club it is. Our club sells itself. It, it doesn't need guys that have been around too long in positions they should never have been in to try and, 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 and sort of promote us, as it were. They're the reason. These guys are the reason we're in the mess that we're in. And the, the idea, I'll, I'll be, you know, of course it would be up to Eddie Howe or any new manager coming in, but it, whoever he wants around. But if if he doesn't want him around and he's sort of forced to keep him, then then already you're setting off a new era on a bad foot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if it was up to me, cheerio, all of them. Th- thanks for your, you know, service and in inverted commas. But, you know, don't hurry back. I think you're 100% right when you say about Brendan Rodgers. And many people obviously still hold a grudge against him. And fair enough, you can do that at your own will. But it was quite ironic. He's lifting a trophy with Leicester while our season ends. And Rangers are lifting the trophy at the end of the season for them winning their first championship. But you're you're, you're right when you say the rut set in. It's so deep now. And we even heard at the, them Celtic the forums and Celtic fan meetings that we've heard the, the sound clips or we've heard the... The bits of bits of quotes coming out now. It's just basically saying we've got no ideas going forward. And that scares me, John, to be honest, because as I said there, Kennedy, four wins from ten. It's almost like we've said it before, but again, it's important because especially now at the end of the season and it's still the same problems. We said it week one in the, in the podcast when we all started, um, we were like, change needs to happen, and we're saying it again in our 20th podcast. Do you know what I mean? So the weeks are dragging on, they're going so quick. And for me, and us guys as well on the podcast as normal supporters, you're looking at this situation going, the more this goes on, it looks like John Kennedy is staying at Celtic. I, I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but that's certainly where I'm coming from. I'm honestly trying to not even think about it. Um, we we said when Kennedy first took the position that um, questions were asked, what if do you think he maybe deserves a chance if we win every game between now and the end of the season, we win the Scottish Cup or whatever? And even then, I think most years were against it. I was certainly against it. Um, the fact that we're now hit the end season point, he's done absolutely hee-haw 
he's he showed complete lackey any sort of fresh ideas, any change, any leadership or anything along those sort of lines. He's just not a manager. Um, and like I say, it wouldn't surprise me if he's just the face and there's somebody else uh, sort of puppeting the strings behind the scenes because, as we as we know, uh, the Celtic board are good at that. They like making decisions themselves. They like taking uh, control of things uh, and going behind people's backs. So it wouldn't at all surprise me. Uh, and it certainly looks that way because Kennedy in interviews talks a good game. Uh, he'll say stuff uh, about, uh, yeah, changes, we'll make changes, there's going to be changes, and then he makes hee-haw changes. So yeah. it, it's 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 baffling, uh, but I'm in firm and total agreement uh, with you, and uh, Anthony said it perfectly. Uh, I would get them to Falkirk. It, it, honestly, that there's, <laughs> no, there's no reason to keep them there. Strachan, I mean, he's there on, off his dad's back. Has, he's nothing but a name. Uh, doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, Kennedy, he's got this tie with Celtic since he was a player and obviously had that injury and they felt a need to sort of keep him around the club, which at the time was a great gesture, uh, but there's no reason to cling on to it. And like I say, it's time for change across the board and we need to just get rid of everybody and then just start with a fresh, clean slate. It, it is quite annoying when you hear like the words banded about continuity, we need to keep people close in and close in the club, people who know something about for this new management team coming up, Anthony. But at the end of the day, they don't talk the good game, the board I'm talking about here when it comes to our Celtic fans. It's just kind of take what you're given and shut up. That's what it sounds like at the moment. But again, they're banding out they're banding out words and and uh whatever we snippets of statements like continuity, we need this, we need this to happen, due diligence and you're looking upon it as the end of the season, as John said, and we're still we're still as all Celtic fans are talking about the same problems, the same issues. And six weeks away, I think, from our first, our first, I think it's pre-season, or maybe our first qualifying game. Not too sure about that, but I'm sure someone correct me, but it's coming close. And you look at it, Anthony, and you're going to yourself, what's going on? Because me personally, like coming from my point of view, if Kennedy had the balls to make changes and give people chances and try new formations, then you can maybe make the argument for him, maybe staying as a coach, a reserve team manager for this new Celtic Colts team in the Northern League. But... At the end of the day, as John said, he showed no tactical nice whatsoever. It's been the same old crap that we've been accustomed to for the best part of the whole season, I really. And you're coming to the end of the season, you're hoping for news. Even yesterday, a wee statement coming out saying there's going to be change in the coming weeks. But again, it's absolutely nothing. How are you feeling about all this, especially if we reach the end of the season? Yeah, I, I, I always believed that these that there was always a chance with these people in charge that it could get as bad as this. But I, I did genuinely hope that it was me that was going to be in the wrong about that. Unfortunately, everything I've always feared with the people that run Celtic has came to fruition in this year of all years. Um, any There is no argument in their favour now for on, on any level on the way that they lead in inverted commas, this club. Uh, we are a few weeks away now from our first instalment coming off our season book. They've not only have they not only sent the forms out, they haven't actually even started the PR campaign yet because they don't, they're actually asking Celtics, about, no, no, we'll go on to this on the forum chat, but they're actually urging Celtic fans to email in their stories so they can sort of jazz it up for their sort of season ticket PR campaign. That just shows you how utterly useless these people are and it frightens me that anyone worth their salt will take one look at this mob and just say 
or even if they do come, they ain't going to be here for long. Um, it's I, I, it really is incredible just how much um, people can hang on coattails of a successful person or persons, and yet the minute when they've to step up to the plate and show a bit of leadership, um, they're found wanting. But it's not just Desmond, it's not just Lawwell, it's not just Brian Wilson or any of the other empty people um, filling our, uh, our boardroom this now. It's a collective failure. They're the reasons why John Kennedy is Neil Lennon's replacement. Neil Lennon was appointed in a shower room after a cup final win. If that's not a drop in standards or poor leadership, then I don't know what is. And everything we feared on that day when we heard that announcement has sadly came true. And all, all, all I can hope is that, and I must admit, I've not, I've not, been totally enamoured with his debut. I hope Don Mackay's got more about him because my god, the the, the, the Kerrydale suite at Parkhead needs a bit of professionalism in it because right now we are ran by amateurs. Yeah, that's a great point and you're right, we will touch upon the Celtics fans forum, it will sure be an interesting chat among the three of us, but before we get to that and we get into them issues that we've all seen now and it's been confirmed by people who are at the meeting what actually was said, so we'll get into more detail about that, but Coming to yourself, John, I have to admit to you, I'm going to give this to you. I woke up this morning, I don't know why, confident that Eddie Howe was going to be manager, right? And then it got to about lunchtime, the same Crystal Palace, Roy Hodgson's leaving. I know what you're going to say, don't, just let me finish the point. But <laughs> we've, 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 seen, we've seen lots of murmurings around Crystal Palace. We've seen lots of rumours around the likes of Newcastle. And now Crystal Palace have confirmed, basically, that Roy Hodgson is leaving. He's come out with a statement saying, saying as much as well. Is that not putting the shitters up you a tiny, tiny bit? That if nah, Celtic yeah. don't get their act together now, before you before you get there is a lot of complications. I mean, James P. Forrest touched upon it. You don't know if he's signed paperwork, so he might be able to change his mind. So is it is it not kind of putting you a wee bit up Shit's Creek? Or are you still really confident? I'm still confident. I mean, we, we the, the situation with Hodgson hasn't been a secret. We've known, I think, the, the by and large, the, 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 in, in Britain. The foot, larger footballing community know or knew that Hodgson was going to step down at the end of this season. Um, there, there, there's been talk about that all year. Um, uh, we're led to believe that Crystal Palace was an option. Uh, they did approach Howe uh, and they rejected it. He was one of the clubs that were listed and named as a club that he's turned down. Um, so Hodgson actually stepped down as expected. Hasn't he changed anything for me? And I believe that Lampard's actually the favourite to get that job at the minute. So yeah. it's widely reported the other Lampard's favourite. Yeah. So I mean, I'm still firmly confident and in the belief that how will be the Celtic manager uh, again. It's not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. Um, I believe that the delay is down to some, uh, and I've been che- sort of checking and sort of just doing a bit of due diligence, I guess, uh, and checking sort of local media and Bournemouth uh, checking their fans groups and forums and stuff like that just to see what the kind of the hearsay is doing there uh, to see if they're getting anything different and it, it, it's they are, are firmly and soundly in the belief as well that he's coming to Celtic. I understand that it is a contractual uh, issue uh, as well that seems to be getting brought up a lot by the, the Bournemouth fans and they're, they, they believe that he's still uh, under some form of contract although he stepped down for the position as manager 
Uh, apparently, uh, he's, he still had a year left in his contract, and he, they, they have seen that out for him uh, as a goodwill for everything he's done for the club as well. So uh, he's still technically under contract, uh, and it likely won't he won't be announced officially until that's kind of wrapped up. But yeah, to answer the question, I'm I'm firmly in the belief that Howe will be made uh, announced as the Celtic manager in due course. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I woke up this morning confident. I mean, on the podcast, you guys know a few. Until it's confirmed in black and white, as James P. Forrest said, you, you just don't know any narrative the behind the scenes or what's going on. Like, there's a lot of rumours saying that the Bournemouth promotion push is delaying any announcements because he wants coaches or staff in there. But then again, if they go up to the Premier League, what what's going to happen with the coaches? Will they want to stay on and is he back to square one again? And that kind of throws you up a wee bit. What's going to happen next, kind of thing, Anthony. Another exciting thing for the show as well, uh, a Bournemouth season ticket holder actually approached the show on Twitter and he's kind of given his views and Howe and he's willing to appear in the podcast and talk about him, talk about his time with Bournemouth. So we'll get him on as soon as possible to give every Celtic fan when it happens, if it happens, when Eddie Howe's announced, we'll get the lowdown from a Bournemouth season ticket holder. But coming to yourself, Anthony, is it not a bit worrying that still, again, that the board kind of haven't come out and said, look, we've got a manager, we can't name him yet, but he's here. It's signed, and you'll find out in the coming weeks. Is that not something that could be done? Do, do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, they were actually discussing this on uh, on on Axom. I can't remember if it was yesterday or today. Um, the, the actual title of the show was even whilst Bournemouth still um, in the, on the promotion push, what's to stop us announcing how? And I, yeah, I, I'm as I'm as baffled as as the rest. You know, you guys, Wally was talking about it a lot on on Friday night. As you know, just just announce something. Um, I can I don't have any argument against it. The only I can only th- think it must be some sort of con- contractual thing where all parties have got to remain silent on the matter. That's that's all I can think of. Um, because apart from that, there's a, there's no other reason. It's not doing anyone any good. Um, to to maintain this silence. I can only imagine it's from a legal uh, standing. Yeah. I know everyone's obviously fed up of the hearsay and the rumours and stuff, and especially William on our show, he, he cracks up every time I mention he doesn't like <laughs> he, he, he's like winning Sky Sports for the yellow banner and stuff, so I know I know fans' opinions of different people people come round and round in circles of the how, but it's just important to cover it and see if there's any new angles to come with it, but we'll swiftly move on to something we can actually talk about and we've seen in detail coming out over the last few days, which is the Celtic fans for him, Anthony. Like, I'm interested to hear both your points. You're, you've been fending it in the group, so I'm interested to hear it in the podcast as well. We we done a piece on the podcast on Friday with what we knew, which was basically asking the fans for ideas, which p- points to the game to the lack of forward planning. They've asked for the full quotation of season books to be sold at full price again with no added value as it currently stands. They've kept buying basically come out with a narrative. If you don't back the team, we can't back the squad with transfers, Anthony. And what do you think that tells us as fans? And also, kind of throw out as well that we heard that Dominic Mackay was, in fact, in these meetings, and he was just throwing out the old cliche things that you would hear from a chairman or from a new perspective chairman. But I'm not going to go too hard on Dominic Mackay because, again, we don't know what he's about. We haven't heard directly from him, so can leave him to one side. But what does that fans forum tell you, Anthony, about where we're currently sitting? Uh well, to start with, um, again, uh, another shout out to the Axon boys. Um, I was listening to their show yesterday, and it was, it was Tony Hegarty and Kevin Graham and, and Russell Boyce. And Kevin Graham was actually in attendance at the meeting. 
and all of the all of the stuff that you guys spoke about on Friday, but like you say, weren't able to uh, to confirm. Uh, he confirmed every single one of the rumours. Um, so to start with, uh, yes, Dominic Mackay did use the term noisy neighbours uh, and another few David Brent-esque cliches. Like you say, we, we can't go too hard on him. It was his, you know, his first outing. Um, but yeah, he, he, he did sort of fail to allude the fact that the only reason uh, our neighbours are very noisy at the minute is because of the failures of his new colleagues. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so so for starters, that bit was true. Um, yeah, they also confirmed that, and that's where, as I was saying earlier, that they asked season ticket holders to sort of email them their own little favourite memories of going along to the games and they were going to try and use that to jazz up the, the PR campaign for selling season tickets. So here we are, a few days away for the Scottish Cup final and the season ticket forums haven't even been created yet. Um, we Kevin also alluded to the fact that the first person who stood up, um, he, he couldn't confirm it as fact, but it, it definitely it didn't sound... It sounded as if very much like the board had almost like a plant he used is, is the term. The first guy that stood up says no supporter should be demanding a no supporter should be demanding a refund. I've got the season ticket here. I've got money for six season tickets here for my family, and that's exactly how we should. Um, that's how we should all be thinking. Brian Wilson, um, who was chairing the meeting at the time, just simply like responded. Can I just interject there? Sorry, before you go on, Anthony. Yeah. Brian Wilson, yeah. I, I named him as a, a Celtic director on Friday. I'm not sure if he is a director or he just chaired the meeting. That's still up for debate here, but I'm just throwing that out there before you carry on. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, but his response to that was basically, here, here, that's what we that's what we all like to hear. Um, which, is, if that doesn't, you know, if, if any, there's a lot of fair play to the guy if he's in a position to pay for six season tickets, but there will be many, many Celtic supporters unable to pay for one at the minute. Um, there might be a lot of supporters that don't necessarily want a discount, but may need it um, to be able to afford uh, to come back next season. Um, when you not just on the back of a poor season where all the you know the the, the dreams of the ten went to ashes, but the fact that we're just coming out of the back of a global pandemic, we're still, which we're still in, by the way, um, despite what. Um, George Square might have led you to believe on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And um, yeah, th- there's so many supporters um, will have had their, their income sort of slashed and will have to be finding ways and means uh, to sort of, you know, to, to make ends meet. It just, like I said, again, it just shows if, if, if we thought things were bad, it actually, things are actually worse than what we fear. And um, it just it, 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 it totally baffles me that there's still many amongst their support that will give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I accept that this current incumbent of Celtic leaders have not put us in an existential crisis the way their predecessors have. But on almost every other level, they are very much a reflection of their previous incumbents. Their sense of entitlement their utter contempt for the people that fill their terraces and pay their wages week in, week out is it's disgusting. We are not... The only time we ever matter 
is when those season ticket forms come out. I mm-hmm. utterly despise every single one of them because not one of them are fit for purpose. I mean, our chairman, Ian Blank here, I mean, my God, a man so wooden, birds, tr- birds try and nest in him. You know, he's <laughs> absolutely... I mean, I mean, he's just a, a, a faceless, pathetic character and uh, and that goes for all the rest of them as well. Um, I just wish there would be someone, and I hope it's Dominic Mackay, that can drag us out of this mess because right now... There's not right now. I, 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 I'm normally quite a, 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 an optimistic guy, but reading some of the reports for this uh, for this meeting just goes to show um, we're in dire, dire straits behind the scenes. I th- we alluded to it last week, John. We, as you said, he, he was talking about modernising, modernising the club, and it just put, it points to what state is Anthony said is the club in, and what struck out for me the most in terms of what it said. Basically, if you don't back us with a full season ticket quota, we can't go out and strengthen the team like we need to. And we're we're sitting there with a majority shareholder, as you said, could wipe his arse with Celtic's annual income. We're sitting there with a board who get bonuses of up to three million pounds. We're sitting here as fans, and as Anthony said, the board treat us like a customer number one. Now we're not a fan to them. We are a customer. We're a client number. Yep. We're a receipt yep. for the till. We're cash in their direct debits. That's all we are. And I find it astounding, I really, really do, that people point to this nine years of success that we've had, but people feel they understand this. This nine years of success, it's not paper over the cracks, that's maybe a harsh term to use, but these surfaces were bubbling underneath all that success. And when it goes tits up, what's happened this season, it comes to show. Because once the fans start criticising the board, we're told to shut up, we're told that we're entitled, we're told to pipe down, you'll get what you're given. Then we're told, give us your ideas for these season books while we make you pay full price. Look at look across the set. Well, look the other districts like Mullerwell, giving their fans a season book for free because they bought one last season and their annual income is nothing compared to Celtic. It's a drop in the ocean, literally like a one p in a toilet. And we're going around asking for six hundred pound, sitting with a billionaire owner who does absolutely nothing for the club. I'd argue that with anybody. And as Anthony said, yes, they haven't put us in like a financial crisis where we're going bust or whatever. But in every other level in the football department, we are in absolute crisis. I'll be blunt. And we're going into this period now with no clarification. We, yes, we all believe it's going to be Eddie Howe, but no clarification from them whatsoever. What, what's your opinion that everything that we were talking about has been confirmed on, on Friday's show? How do you feel about that? It's uh, angry. I mean, it's no. The, the, I think the sad thing is, 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 is anger as I am by it. I'm not even surprised. I mean, this is, this is that. That's really is the saddest thing. It's like we've we've had a stage now where the board are acting in a way where it doesn't at all surprise you, and that in itself is telling. Um, like Anthony says, they're no fit for purpose. Every one of them sh- should just go. Like I don't think any fan really, or at least ninety nine percent of the fans. Don't want them at the club. They've been shouting it for years uh, that they're they're the problem. Uh, despite our successes, we've, we've known issues with the board, uh, and like you say, is the contempt they sort of treat the fans with uh, is, is is disgusting. Uh, and I went on a bit of a rant as well about that statement they made about not being able to they won't back they won't be able they won't be in a position to back a team if people aren't paying for the full price for their season tickets. Um. It's really, really frustrating uh, to see that, that that is definitely everything that we says. Uh, like you mentioned, Desmond is a billionaire. Um, if 
you really have to understand how much a billion is in terms of monetary value. Um, given the Celtic fans, uh, just a, even I mentioned this last episode as well. Even just a discount, like something offers, offer something, right? Don't just be penny pinching and all the rest of it. Like Motherwell made a fantastic gesture, and we've given them numerous plaudits on this show for it, uh, and it's rightly deserved. Um, we we even said at the time as well, Celtic would never do something like that, and and that's sad. And when you when you consider that in terms of finances, was was certainly the most healthy financial position uh, across the. All the clubs in Scotland uh, were no um, struggling by any means, and like you say, we've got a billionaire owner there who could front the cost for that for a fa- for the fans, uh, and he wouldn't even notice it was missing. That's how little in terms of money it would be to him. Uh, so to, it's laughable to suggest that th- there would be no, no investment. And it, as I said last time, it almost sounds like a threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're black. You're blackmailing staff, and you're telling them blackmailing staff. Sorry, you're blackmailing the fans, and you're telling them if you don't buy a season ticket, we won't be investing in the squad. And it's it's absolutely, it's I'm trying not to swear, but it's deplorable on every level. And I, I'm firmly with Anthony here. I hate them. I like I do. I despise them. They they bring nothing to the club. They do nothing for the club. You look at all these other millionaire, billionaire investors that come in and buy football clubs. Some of them aren't great, but don't get me wrong, we've seen it. But you, you get other guys who they invest in the team. They put their money behind them. Um, and then we've got one. What does he do? Like somebody please tell me what he does. I have no idea. Because all, all he is to me is a name. Yeah. I just and, and then when you mention his name, I don't think of anything that he's actually done for Celtic, so to speak. I just see that stupid moustache. Like, I, I don't know who he thinks he is. Like, all, all you ever hear about him is he's, he's away playing golf. Like, that's all he does to me. And this is this is a guy who, who he's a majority shareholder uh, in, in this club. And he, he, he's got nothing to show for it. Like, that's all he is, as a name. Um, and that as well, and I, I had to bite my tongue, Anthony, when you mentioned this guy who... The first person to stand up, and the first thing he said was, "I've got six season tickets to buy, and I've got the money here." Like you said, that fuck me. That I don't even know who this guy is, and he, he might be worried. Right. He, he, he was a plant. Let's be honest about this. Like, it sounds I, like it sounds like a plant because I don't think any self-respecting Celtic fan would kind of stand up in front of a room full of other fan representatives and say something like that because that is yeah. a sign of an absolute asshole. And to when be, you think fair, about Hegarty, um, last night on the on the on the bulletin, um, when Tony Hegarty heard Kevin Graham saying that, he just went, "See if I'd have been in charge of that call, I'd have just chucked him it because it was, it was almost just tell him to shut up and sit down." I mean, when you think everything that Celtic is, where it was founded on, and the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, as you rightly said, Anthony, the fact that we know that, I mean, people in Scotland aren't rich, right? Let's be let's be honest, and. Celtic fans front money for season tickets that most of them probably don't even have, but they do it because they love the club, right? For for him to stand up and then say, "So I've got not just one, like I've got the money here for it to do six. <laughs> You're having a laugh. 
Arsenal. Do, do you think we're at the point now, Anthony, where this, I mentioned this on Friday show and the lads quite rightly said their points of view, but the, the way I was coming across this, do you think it's at the point now where the board are trading on egg sales so much now that all Celtic fans, I know it's hard, okay, we, we had this argument about, yes, there's going to be the hardcore minor, uh, majority that are going to spend a £600, £1,000, whatever it is for their season book, but do you think we're at the point now where it's only a matter of time before we see a large fan movement basically ousting this board out from office? Uh, I think ousting them is not that I would not that I would be sorry to see them go. I'm just just the actual the act of it itself. I think it's probably still quite unrealistic. I think you only have to look at the comment section of of, of many forums to say that you know you know people will still applaud Lawwell and wish him well when when he goes and you know get behind it faithful you know hashtag faithful through and through and, and all that so can i just can i just sorry anthony i'll let you finish that what you're saying because I, I agree with what you're saying but in regards to law see if fans want to turn around and praise them right it better be for the right reasons because for a business perspective and the financial position that celtic find themselves in now since he's came in is 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 largely in part down to him right but you can't use that that doesn't at all cover him for every, all the all his other feelings and he doesn't deserve any plaudits. Yeah, I, 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 but like everyone knows my my views on the man. Uh, to be fair, but ju- just to go back to, um, but my, my, my point, I, I don't think there's the the demand and the clamour like there was in in 1994 because, like I said, that was an existential crisis, and that is a case of we we are going to the wall here, and all the others are sensible enough. We know what going to the wall means. That that means you're dead and you're gone and your history goes with it. Um, so there is not there is not that clamour purely on the fact that the club is stable. Um, but in terms of plaudits and respect, I think support for the board is dwindling. I don't think it'll ever reach the levels of, you know, nuclear, unless something was to perhaps go seriously, seriously wrong next year. But even... Even if it did, you know the the way that the club's set up now is a, you know it's a PLC uh, answers to you know you know the the, the, um, the financial district in London before it Absolutely. answers to the, the fans in Kerrydale uh, on Kerrydale Street. So it's it's hard. Um, that the, the, the nineteen ninety four Austin was was inc- an incredible display fan movement, especially in a sort of before the the age of the internet. Um, whether or not something like that is possible or um or, or is or is sort of being demanded for at the moment is probably um yeah we're probably a bit a bit from that distance so far the one of the most frustrating parts of me anyway is that the hip hip i'm not gonna try to say a word but it's the it's the the attitude they have now towards the fans you hear the word entitlement getting banded around within certain quarters in regards to Celtic fans and we always have the argument back. It's not being entitled. It's the standards we set, and we rightly touched upon on this show that have dropped so significantly bad this season. But when it suits the board, when it suits the PR team, they use the fans in their Twitter post, best fans in the world, the full stadium singing, and we love the fans so much. And when the fans just want something back, John, from the board, they get, as you Scottish people like to say, hee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. We know as Celtic fans, well, the fan base is absolutely massive, right? We know mm-hmm. how 
passionate and we know how loyal Celtic fans are. Um, the board know it as well, and that's why they use it, because they feel they can get away with it. But at the same time, they don't answer to fans, they don't listen to fans, and that's evident, and it's been evident, especially this year. Um, but, I mean, it's not the first time. Um, and as, as Anthony says, uh, I don't think we're, we're sort of at that level yet, but it's certainly the route we're taking, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if next season, if, if they don't get the finger out and things don't change, and something doesn't change, then I could if, if next season could be the season where that, that sort of ignites. Um, because I know, certainly me, myself anyway, um, I'm ready for it. Like it, I don't want these people at the club anymore. They've done nothing for the club. And like I say, they're all faceless. And they only talk to the fans when it suits them. And these, these wee fan forums and stuff like that are just PR stunts to, to, to try and make it sound like they're listening. They don't give a... F- they don't care at all about what the fans have to say. Like you mentioned, uh, when when fans do kind of speak up, they kind of like tell them, be quiet, they throw about that word entitlement and stuff like that. It's, and it's ridiculous because ultimately football's for the fans. It's not for these guys. And that, that was made evident as well when this whole Super League nonsense was kicking off. Uh, and then fans across Europe started kicking up about it they listen to the fans then, and then they started mm-hmm. pretending fans matter. Celtic are so far detached for the fans that support the club, pay their wages and everything else, that it, it's ridiculous. So I firmly believe that Celtic fans should band together, and we should get them out the door. We, we can't continue to just let them get away with it. We need a voice, and it needs to be heard. And like I say, they've, they've, got, they've had, rather many chances to make up for it and that latest fan forum um, just proved that again they, they, they're not just fell asleep at the wheel in terms of this season in the league they're just, they're, it's just they've just fallen asleep altogether yeah well if, if I go back to the weekend there um, Anthony talked about it Rogers and stuff winning the, the FA Cup with Leicester for the first time in their history I'd seen a, a, obviously watching the game and their, their celebrations and I'd seen him hugging their chairman uh, of Leicester City and I was going to tweet out you would never see Rodgers and all hugging like, hugging like that on the pitch embracing each other after everything that happened but this, as John said there is these owners that come into a club and they wear their heart in their sleeve and they want the best for the club Anthony and you look at Leicester's owner obviously the tragic death that happened within within their family but they're still stuck by Leicester and things is, is that the kind of next step for Celtic if ever we get rid of the people who are in charge or would you like like talking from a totally hypothetical point of view this is not me saying this is like what, what I want to happen but just getting your guys views on it would you be happy to go down that route of a foreign owner with proven credentials rather than people who just want the money and investment firms that type of thing would you be happy going down that road I mean I must admit Leicester's owners are one of the few um, you know sort of like you say foreign owners down south that that I really have any time for. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're still ruthless um, businessmen. You know, they're, they're, they're cuddly-looking guys, don't get me wrong, and they've got a, a, a good rapport with the, the fans and whatnot, but let's not forget, they also still sacked a guy that won them the league less than, you know, eight months later. So they're, they're very capable of making sort of ruthless business decisions as well. Um, I would I would need to, <laughs> I think myself and 
probably most other fans would want to see a lot of due diligence <laughs> to coin the phrase, <laughs> but, um, sort of applied to any potential anyone. But for for it doesn't matter if they come from, you know, New York or Dubai or you know down the road, a- anyone wanting to um, as 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 much as I've got no time for the the people that run our club just now. Um, any prospective new owners or consortiums or anything like that would have to seriously lay out um, their plans and vision for the club, um, much in the same way that Fergus did. Yeah. I th- say as well, John, before we move on to the next subject, as Anthony said there, right, yes, we as fans don't like the board. We don't like the people involved in the board. It's often referred to as the Prawn Sammy's Brigade, the types of suits with faceless identities. But is it not, for me as well, from speaking from a Celtic fans point of view too, it's the fear of the unknown if we ever lose these board because we've kind of got in the habit knowing, yes, we don't like the board, but at the end of the day, we're no financial difficulty. We're not going to go to the wall, touching wood here, by the way, so I'm not jinxing anything, but mm-hmm. it's is it is it not the fear as well that's stopping Celtic fans from basically coming together? And as you rightly said, you're ready for it. Me personally, I'm ready for it too, to be honest, but is it the fear that a new owner comes in and it totally, literally goes to shit? Well, I was sorry, they went to shit. No, but I mean, from a from like a financial aspect of it, over investing <laughs> debts, that type of thing, because we know we're over in the nineties. No, I mean, yeah, there's always that though, and that th- th- it could end up still going that way if you keep the same board. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's no guarantees that anything's going to go any particular way. Um, but ultimately, uh, as Anthony says, if anybody was coming in and looking to seriously, if 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 Desmond decided. I'm I'm getting away for this. I'm going to sell my shares, right? Uh, and there was prospective buyers coming in. I would really, really like to think that they would be vetted considerably. Uh, extensive sort of work was done to look into projects I've done, and they, I would love it if if they would give let fans have a say because I, I know that's highly unlikely, but. Um, it, it it would be it would be ideal because like I says you don't want some no name like you don't want to end up in a situation like the Man United are in with the Glaziers or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean it is time for these guys to go. And you claim like Desmond and all that claims to be Celtic fans and that, but are they really honestly? That's a that's another unknown question. Surely, if you're a Celtic fan, you want the best for Celtic. You can see these problems, and you can see them arise, and you can fix them quickly. They want Me the best. They do want the best for Celtic when it makes them money. That's yes, it. That's, that's all it, they yeah. care about is lying in their own pockets, and that's that's where the downfall is. Because, like you mentioned, the the Leicester owner, like Anthony says, these guys are still ruthless businessmen, right? And they're still they'll still make decisions that are are baffling because that that when they sacked. I forget his fucking name. Um, but when after he won them the league, Howdy which was Ranieri. an incredible Howdy. feat, Ranieri, yeah, it, which was an incredible feat, to then sack him because they were they kind of, well, I guess they underperformed in comparison to the, the season prior, but they were certainly not underperforming for Leicester's like sort of the level you'd expect Leicester to be at. Um, and to, to get rid of him then shows how how ruthless that they can be. But at the same time, they have managed to sort of get the fans buying, that they've got the players buying, that they are a face. Do you know what I mean? Like these people aren't they just hiding behind doors and behind the scenes and they're only seen 
on holiday all the time, away golfing and all the rest of it, they probably do that, but it, it's like, they're the face of the club as well, so, yeah. it, and you can, you've seen that with the fact that he was invited down to the pitch, the fans, he was hugging the, fa- the, 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 the players, he was celebrating with the players, the players obviously respect him and they've got time for him, you would never see Desmond do that, you would never see Lowell <laughs> do that, um, and, and, and it, it just shows you how, again, at a club like yours, it's like, you would love to have an owner where, you could you seen that sort of relationship between the players and and, and the owners, uh, and and for them to sort of look at the fans and then say we're going to listen to you, um, and I'm hoping like, yeah, I mean, hope's a big word because it'll never happen, but I'd, I'd like to seriously see Celtic turn things around, and if this board care in any way, shape, or form, then they need to start listening, and they need to make that evident as well. I think that the perfect way to end this bit of the segment is. Basically, we got nine million, like four for fifth highest ever in manager compensation. And as Anthony said, we went into the showers and appointed Neil Lennon. Kind of says it all, really, as as the board are at the moment. And we'll move Aye, and on. Then they, and then and then they, they handed themselves three million in bonuses and all the rest of it. So yeah. that was nice. Nice. Enough. That kind of paid. That paid for that, didn't it? But we'll move on to the next thing, right? So us as Celtic fans, we've had nine years of success. We've seen wild celebrations, peaceful, yes. We've seen open top buses, travel, travel, double travel, the invincible travel, not one third of the invincibles, and amazing celebrations, iconic pictures that we've seen and de- that still still get posted daily, and it's lovely to see that. And I live in on that success, right? What we've seen, and I, I know for a fact we'll probably get heat for it, but again, it's not to be ignored. I just want to bring this up as a point. I'm not actually moaning about it myself, but it's just a good to get it out there and get it talked about because I think a lot of people kind of brush it away and be like, oh, it's, it's okay, it's just a celebration, right? But we, we haven't just seen it once. We've seen it twice this season when Rangers were confirmed champions. The wild celebrations outside Ibrox. Players come to Ibrox gate celebrating, drinking through the fence, same up at their training ground, the same happened. The wreck George Square for the first time. Again, nothing really was done about it. What was seen was their league uh, trophy presentation. Obviously, the first time they've ever seen the trophy, but do you know what I mean? It's it's in their, their trophy cabinet now. And wide celebrations as expected, but again, it spilled over into the streets of Glasgow. There was violence, there was fighting, multiple videos circulating on Twitter of people punching the heads of each other among their own fans, by the way. And again, it's just like this is facilitated, Anthony. Like it's allowed. And over here, I mean, it's called a small minority. And I, I don't like that because you see the amount of fans. It's not like 100 fans turned up at George Square. We're seeing on that bridge as well where they're all jumping. There are at least 10,000 there in the streets of Glasgow. They're they're drinking, they're wrecking the place. And it's all because they deserve a party, Anthony. What, what do you think about that? The, the only thing that shocked me about this weekend is the amount of Scotland's political class that tweeted things along the lines of shocked and saddened at the, the scenes in Glasgow today. I mean, if, if these people are shocked by these images, then they've got really, really short memories. Um, it was it, it was pretty much the exact same um, literally a matter of weeks ago. Um, Reckon places uh wherever they go fighting amongst themselves you know defecating wallowing in their own filth this is the, these people's default setting um ask the people of barcelona ask the people of manchester ask pretty much any um away venue um 
where they go to as well. Um, whether it is a minority or not, and this is a problem um, for Rangers, it may well be a minority, but the problem is the so-called dignified majority are doing nowhere near enough to call it out. Um, they seem to play a little game of what about it rather than address their own issues. We've had our idiots this season, yeah. um, the clowns yeah. outside Parkhead the night of the, the Ross County uh, defeat. Um, I was also, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a socialist by nature, so my, I don't have much for um, unelected privilege, but I thought there was a idiots letting off fireworks um, after the Duke of Edinburgh's death. I thought was just really in bad taste as well. Um, but the thing is, the major. I mean, there was, I can't remember the, there been any Celtic fans, certainly on my social media, that were defending the actions of our fans the night after County and 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 so forth. The majority no. called them out. They says, you know, th- this is pathetic. Get a grip of yourselves. Um, I seen very little of that. I, I can't say I seen none of that. I did see two or three saying how second they were. So you have to give. You have to be fair. Um, but was I shocked um, at any of these scenes? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, over here, where I live, uh, Shangles, a very famous place, Rangers, a lot of Rangers fans is there. And what they've done was they brought a, a big, massive TV out in the street, stuck up on the side of the wall, all day outside drinking, partying, singing songs, hatred songs, obviously, um, John. And me looking at the scenes in Glasgow, a lot of it still goes widely unreported. You you, you look at the fighting, you you look at the George Square being wrecked, and then the people who have to come in and clear up with, within like three hours for opening again when the, the public's around. And it's all, it's almost like, yes, you rightly said there, Anthony, about the Ross County thing, but I'm one for protest, right? But I wouldn't be one for that pro- kind of violence protest. It spilled over when they started attacking the team boss and then they tried to break down the barriers to get to the players. That wasn't right. But the protest itself, if it remained peaceful, fair enough, there was only maybe three or 400 fans there at the time. It wasn't thousands of fans. And yes, we'll have to be fair. I have myself have seen a few Rangers fans come out and say it was bad what they'd done. And there'll always be them, Rangers fans come out and say that. But I think Anthony's right, John. The majority, even their own even their own board, to a certain extent, don't do enough to condemn this. Because we see it with the Green Brigade, the fights they have with the Celtic board on a daily basis. Some, most recently, we have the Powell signs display that we covered on the last podcast. We've seen it with certain songs they sing, banners they put up, they get fined for it, Celtic get fined, it gets clamped down. You don't really see that from the, the board over across the city? No, uh, definitely not. Uh, and I'm glad we're touching on this because this is something that's been going on for a long, long time and always seems to get swept under the carpet. Um, the scenes at the weekend were despicable. The Rangers board did put out some, or, or somebody put out, whoever it is, charge of their, their, their PR, um, put out a, a tweet asking people to stay home, but that was essentially it. There was no much else off the back of that. We we and everybody else knew what was going to happen because we seen it uh, a, a number of weeks ago um, when when they when they destroyed George Square. Um, the exact same again happened to nobody's surprise. Uh, yet I don't know why people are still acting surprised. Um, but the, the scenes were absolutely disgusting. And this whole rhetoric, or the narrative rather, that the 
it, it's a small minority. It is absolute shite. We know, and we've seen it, and we deal with it day in, day out. Even people that we know in their day-to-day lives as well, it, it's rife. It's ingrained in them. It's just who they are. You will obviously, and I'm not going to tar everybody with the same brush because there is Rangers fans, and I know some of them who who don't condone any of it whatsoever, and they they support the club, and that's that's the extent of it. They don't buy into all the other nonsense, but by and large, the the, the majority of them do, and I am sick to the back teeth eh, hearing about it. See if the shoe was on the other foot. When 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 Celtic fans protested eh, because after poor results, like many fans have done in the past protested outside Celtic Park yes it was stupid because it was during a pandemic but the the, the reasoning for it was uh, so their voice could be heard they, they, were, they weren't happy that protest was by and large ignored the media however ran with it for weeks every paper you picked up every every way you looked it was getting thing with it, and I there was there was elements of violence, which I don't condone at all. Like you said, Stephen, the, the protests in any case or, or any shape and form should be peaceful. Um, you've got a right to sort of express and protest, um, but the, the, it should remain peaceful. The people that were attacking the bus and everything else are absolute clowns, um, and you, you you get it on both sides. Don't get me wrong; it, it, it's no this isn't just like a one-sided thing. It definitely isn't, but it is far far worse. At the other side of Glasgow. Um, now we, we, as I say, we, we know. I need to watch what I'm saying, right? Because as it says, I'm no. People aren't going to be happy, eh, maybe about some of the stuff that's been said, and I need to watch what I'm saying because I don't want to use quote unquote derogatory terms. Um, but if we, if you look at Rangers, right? Like I say, throughout their history, their fans have been guilty of stuff like this. Back in the 60s, where, where this, where the now derogatory name uh, that they're called was essentially born from, um, was back in the 60s when, when they went to Wolverhampton and ruined it, uh, smashed the place up. Then we've seen it, um, if you look at, you want, you want to use contrast, uh, when Rangers got to the UEFA Cup final um, and we're in Manchester, we all know what happened in Manchester, we've all seen the scenes, the fighting. The, the rampage through the city, the mess they left it in. Um, but then it's like when Celtic go to a, a, a European final, uh, 80,000 people travelled abroad and were applauded, thanked even. You you, you did have a, a couple of, obviously, people who had too much to drink. But by and large, FIFA even recognised it and awarded the fans. And that is what you expect for any sort of football and travel and support when, they, when, when they're supporting a the team because... That that's how football fans should be, right? But as I said, this hate, this sectarian, anti anti Catholic hatred that they've got, this loyalist pro union hate everybody else attitude is ingrained in them for a very young age, and it's it's rife, and it needs stamped out. And we as Celtic fans, and not just Celtic fans, any fans across the board, they deal with Hibs fans deal with it as well. They, it, we need to stand together the same way we do against any sort of racism, kick racism out of football and everything else. We all need to stand together and finally put an end to all this anti-Catholic bigotry and all this other stuff because it. It. I mean, I know in this country the, the sort of religious divide it, it's a wee bit. It, it's not as easy as that, and I'm well aware of that. 
Um, but Stephen, you yourself know firsthand what it's like um, being living just outside Belfast. You you can see day to day what that struggles like. You there's yeah. certain places you can't walk, you can't go about saying certain things. You open your mouth in the wrong place, see where you're, you'll get stabbed yeah. or worse. You yeah. you wear a certain colour somewhere where you're, you'll get stabbed or worse. Glasgow isn't necessarily that bad, but there are still areas of Glasgow where if you wear a certain colour or you say a certain thing or you're a certain religion you'll get stabbed and the the we need to fucking just stamp it out completely i'm sick and sick to death of hearing it and i like i says we deal with it day to day we're, we're all being victim of it i get called stuff all the time i'm like i says I'm, i need to watch what i'm saying because i don't want to use the, yeah. the words in that language but you get called it anthony i'm sure you've been called it i get called it everybody we know and i know that we're all guilty maybe a wee bit of friendly banter between friends and stuff like that and you'll maybe say something but it's all tongue-in-cheek but when you're gathered on in mass the way they were you're singing stuff like that we i had I'm, a friend who works in glasgow a uh, my week roshin as well Stephen was yeah. out to celebrate uh, a birthday dinner in glasgow um and decided just to wrap it and go home because they were scared right the the and they couldn't move anywhere, and they, they genuinely were in fear. Um, they had to go home. My friend who works in Glasgow, uh, just under uh, the the bridges, uh, Glasgow Central Bridge, um, had to walk a young girl home, or, or rather up to the station because she was in fear. And then they had to find they they and like many other places we've heard within Glasgow as well through threats of violence. And just general fear, shops getting smashed up, had to close the doors and go home. Police presence wasn't anywhere near good enough. And I, granted, knew it, Nicola and fair play to Nicola for coming out and actually touching on not just the, the, the fact of the violence and everything else, but touching on the the anti-Catholic uh, sort of nonsense that was going on. Uh, but more needs to be done about it and we can't just keep ignoring it. Yeah, I and think it's... Yeah. I think it's fair to point out as well, John, that we can't all tar the Rangers support with one brush. We have certain elements of our support that go to the extremes and look for. But a I said that at the start. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get both yeah, yeah. sides, and I'm not tarring everybody with the same brush, but it is ingrained in them, and you can't deny it. The, the, the Rangers fans can't even deny it. You will get some who who might hear this or 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 defend it, and because that's no them, and that's fine. If that's no you, then that's no you. This isn't about you. This is about the ones that have, it has been ingrained in them for a young age, and I've seen it. We see it all the time, and it's it's disgusting. Yeah, I think as well, Anthony. It's all right, and not all right, but the fans doing all that, right? And then you expect maybe the players to set a better example, and then you get the footage of the players. They're all indoors drinking when that's a COVID breach. But again, we'll probably hear nothing about that. But we go to Dubai and lose a full team for like two games. So I know that was distasteful at the time we all agree we shouldn't have went but look back at hindsight and other things that certain clubs have done that kind of been just like nah it's okay blah 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 and we see them all indoors with friends and family and and we see this video going around social media from at the moment two different angles i'm not going to confirm that it's it's real but what we're going off going off at the minute the police are investigating the footage and just speaking about it if it is real footage of what we think we believe uh, the sweet caroline song plus the chorus then the after bit if that's what they're saying, surely that needs to be punished. 
that club needs to be punished if that's true for each, Anthony. For what it's worth, I'm sure they would. I would believe that. I don't think necessarily the club overall would, but the individual concerned would, um, because it, it as, as I say, it's. Um, I think we probably shouldn't go 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 into that at the minute, mate. I I, I don't know what you sound a bit bland, but it is getting investigated at the minute, and I don't think it'd be wise to to, to go any further with that un, until there's a verdict given. No, that's fair enough. I was just looking for an opinion. Obviously, oh, from no, my yeah, point absolutely. of view, from my point of view, I'll just give it to you and I give it to you straight. If that's true, and if what they said in the thing pending the police investigation, of course, I'm just going off the narrative of, of what I think maybe will happen. But I believe personally that they should be punished if that's true. There are certain players in that team that are of the religion that was getting kind of lambasted, John. I don't know if you want to delve into it, but if it is true, what, what what's your opinion on that circulating around Twitter? Yeah, no, so I'm definitely not going to be quiet about it. And um, I'm, I can only speak on what we do know. We've seen numerous now videos, different type video, not just one video, a couple of different videos, right? Um, I believe they were broadcast live as well. So this, this sort of nonsense about it being doctored, right, that is... If that is the case, then fair play to whoever done it because that is sorry, that's they should they should, they should be a, a job somewhere getting paid a lot of money. I, I'm assuming no, doing whatever it was they were doing or whoever it was that was recording it. But what I will say is, is that if that footage is in fact true, as I believe it to be, because like I says, to 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 edit the audio and everything else on the fly live the way they did in numerous different videos. People throwing up middle fingers on cue uh, as a just pure coincidental. Um, if that is true, and after the police investigation, which I'm fully expecting to nothing to come out because that's the that's the sort of general thing that happens. They'll come out with some nonsense like it was inconclusive uh, or anything like that. Uh, Rangers, uh, for a PR perspective, are definitely going to have to defend it. They're going to say it's doctored, but that in itself saying that his doctors is admission that what is being said in the video is exactly that. So um, I feel that they should be heavily punished. And no, no, just a slap on the wrist, not just by the SPFL, but by UEFA in general. Because if that was any other club and they were singing songs like that, then you would expect the exact same to happen. Now, it, like I said... What that punishment should be, I don't know, but it definitely it cannot go unignored. It cannot be ignored. It cannot just be swept under the rug. And I I don't want to hear any pressure about it being inconclusive when we've all got ears, we cannot hear it. And if if they can, I want to know if if they do determine that it is fake, I want them to detail how. Because I'd be interested to know as somebody who's into that kind of stuff, video editing and things like that, I'd be interested to know like how they managed to edit a video on the fly, uh, while it was live. Yeah, I think I think as well. I mean, obviously, in, on on the NSL's podcast, we don't condone any racism, sectarianism, bigotry. That's on both sides, by the way. Getting that out there, and I think a way to end it as well, guys, is yes, what's circulating around Twitter is deplorable. It's not nice to see. And pending the police investigation, we don't know the outcome. But some guys, likes of John, have their minds up made. Me myself personally, I think it's real. I do. I, I just the multiple angles we've seen in the videos and that type of thing, and as an Irishman of that certain religion domain, it, it wasn't nice to see, especially professional footballers saying that and doing that, but 
I think Anthony's right too. We do have to be careful what we say in the show. Pen the police investigation. We don't know the outcome. As John said, it could end up in- inclusive, but we can only give our opinion on it. And it's just coming from a purely ourselves. No other general coming, no consensus from anyone else, no sources telling us things. It's just us three as individuals. And guys, that brings us to the end of the show. It's been a, a good show, controversial towards the end, but we'll have to cover these issues, John and Anthony. As Celtic men and as people who love football, we can all agree that sectarianism, racism, bigotry don't don't feature or shouldn't feature in football. I think we'd agree on that, fellas, can't we? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yep. And coming to the end of the show, we're going to go to the quiz, trying to end on a, a positive note between John. He's back <laughs> in the hot seat today with Anthony. <sighs> Is there any point in this? Oh, <laughs> You just never know what will happen. <laughs> and I, I, I just have something to tell you. I'm going back to the stadiums again. Oh, so, fuck. Crying all right, okay. <laughs> so, are you ready? No. Nope. Yeah, go for it. Who plays at the Tony Macaroni Stadium? Livingston. Anthony, I heard you first. 1 0. No danger. Yep. <laughs> Who plays at Palmerston Park? No idea. Oh, Palmerston. Not, Palmerston. Uh, He's give up. No, I can't think of, can't think off the top of my head, mate. No. Queen of the South. Ah, uh, yep. Who plays at Broadwood Stadium? Airdrie. No, Clyde. Yep. 2-0 Anthony. I'm just throwing names at me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'll give you a hard one here. Who is plays that, is that one one? No, no, it's 2-0 the Anthony talking about. <sighs> you talking Who about? Pl- Who plays at Station Park? Hmm, Station. Is it No, no, one more guess. It's nothing to do with a train. This is called Station Park. Cowden uh, Beef. Yeah. Oh, nope, Forfer. Move on. Still 2-0 to Anthony. Right, this should be an easy one. We've all heard this. Who plays at Stir Park? Where? Stir, so like S-T-A-I-R. Park. Nah, my, my, my knowledge of stadiums isn't what they used to be, mate. No, no idea. No, are you sure? Do you want to move on? Aye. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get stairs. That's unfortunate because it was Stranraer, Anthony. I kind of oh, think. God's sake. <laughs> so dead. Um, hopefully you get this one to finish it then. Who plays at Capelo Park? Greenock Morton. Yep, bang. 3-0, Anthony. Well done, Anthony. 2-1, Anthony. Aye, 3-0. <laughs> but guys, thanks again for a brilliant show. Have you enjoyed that one? Oh, absolutely, Aye. mate. All the time, yep. And again, just to make the viewers uh, aware, it's just purely our opinion. Obviously, some stuff we can't get into legally, as Anthony rightly said. It's just we're giving our points of view. And if the police find it that it's, it's doctored, then we just have to hold our hands up and say, got wrong. and as John said, hopefully we'll find out if it's doctored how it was, and we'll move on from there. But... Just recently today, actually, uh, I concluded my interview with Lewis Toshney, so that should be out before the end of this week. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. It's fantastic insight into his career around Scottish football. He talks about Tommy Burns, Neil Lennon, Paul Slane, Olive Open Goal, and Simon Ferry. Some funny stories in that as well, so keep your eyes peeled. And until Friday, our usual podcast, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel. <laughs>